When I was younger, uh, Janet Jackson was a big inspiration to me. And that she did. That was Britney Spears talking about Janet Jackson. On this episode of the Original Doll Podcast, we deep dive into a Janet Jackson rock hit. The podcast pulls back the curtain on the entertainment industry as we explore famous songs and artists. Hearing from singers, songwriters, producers, choreographers, radio insiders, and more. I created this as a fan of music, and I wanted to use my Latino voice to talk about the arts. So sit back and listen as we present you with the Original Doll Podcast. Don't you want my iconography? Don't you understand? Then follow me. Don't you want to aim for stars to see? Don't you want my iconography? Let's rewind to Flight Time Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the fall of 1985. Just as producers Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were finishing up on mixing of Janet Jackson's follow-up to her album, Control, Janet ran into the studio and told her producing partners she had an idea for a song. The producers reminded Janet that the deadline to submit the album to her label, A&M, was fast approaching. Jam and Lewis informed Janet that they would not have time to produce another song. Janet understood and told them that she would get into the studio and work on it herself. You see, she had already created a guitar riff and just needed to flush out a few parts. The song would become Black Cat, which would happen to be written solely by Janet and would hit number one on Billboard's Hot 100 chart. Before Janet was working on Black Cat, which would be added to her fourth studio album, yes, fourth, many people think Janet Jackson's mega success, Control, was her first album, when in actuality, it was her third. Janet's debut album, called Janet Jackson, was released in 1982, peaking at number 63 on the Billboard album charts. Her sophomore effort, Dream Street, that was released in October of 1984 and would peak at 147. When Janet finally worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, the album they created together was 1986's Control, which would peak at number one. The album had chart longevity. Out of the nine songs on the album, yes, just nine, seven would become singles. A little background on Control. The album was very autobiographical for Janet. Her marriage to James DeBarge of DeBarge would be annulled, and she would cut off her professional relationship with her father, Joe Jackson. As a matter of fact, Jimmy Jam had said that when he and Lewis were going to work with Janet Jackson for the first time, Joe Jackson said, you two are from Minneapolis, and so is Prince. Now, I don't want my daughter doing any Prince music. It was statements like this that would cause Janet to seek control over her own recording career. Back to her album, Control. You may be thinking, what songs were from Control? If you listen to music on the radio in the 80s, you will most likely know about five of the nine tracks. Now, let me let me check to see if I'm right. Okay, now keep track of the numbers of songs that you know from this album. Here we go. Number one, Control. Number two, Nasty. Number three, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Number four, You Can Be Mine. Number five, The Pleasure Principle. 
Number six, when I think of you. Number seven, he doesn't know I'm alive. Number eight, let's wait a while. Number nine, funny how time flies when you're having fun. So the question is, did you know at least five of those? With the success of Control, there was a lot of eyes on Janet's next album. What would it be? And would it be a dance success like Control? Janet went against her label's ideas and wishes for her follow-up album. This would also happen to be her last album under her contract with A&M. The label really wanted a Control too. Janet would have John McClane as her A&R guy. She would choose to do a concept album. Basically, the album would have a central theme. Janet chose social issues. The album would dive into racism, poverty, substance abuse. She would name the album Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. The fall of 1988, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis would reconnect with Janet. After a series of phone calls, the trio decided to work together on Control's follow-up. Now, as we've learned in other episodes and future episodes, many times when there is a success with an album, artists sometimes want to veer away from something that was successful before and try new things. After a series of phone calls, the trio decided to work together on Control's follow-up. They got to work in the studio and started working on Miss You Much, which would happen to be the first single off of the album. Rhythm Nation would have 12 songs and 8 interludes. Interludes would also play a part in the Princess of Pop, Britney Spears' sophomore album, Oops, I Did It Again, which would also feature 12 songs and several interludes. Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation would have 8 singles released out of the 12 tracks. It is the only album in the history of the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 singles charts to have 7 commercial singles peak within the top 5 positions. It is also the only album to produce number one hits on the charts in three separate calendar years for 1989, 1990, and 1991. Stretching the album promotion so far meant that A&M could make the most out of their last album with Janet Jackson. Let's play another round of How Many Songs on the Album Do You Know? Make sure you keep track. Number one, Rhythm Nation. Number two, State of the World. Number three, The Knowledge. Number four, Miss You Much. Number five, Love Will Never Do Without You. Number six, Living in a World They Didn't Make. Number seven, All Right. Number eight, Escapade. Number nine, Black Cat. Number ten, Lonely. Number eleven, Come Back to Me. Number twelve, Someday is Tonight. How many of the songs did you know? Go ahead and let us know on social media. Now, something I would like to point out is that at the end of the sixth track, The Knowledge, which also Jimmy Jam happened to say was the first of the social issue songs finished for the album. Well, after The Knowledge, the listener was told that the album was going to change. This let the listener know that the album would go in a new direction. Get the point? Good. Let's dance. To me, it felt like she wanted to front load the album with the social issue songs and then wanted to sprinkle in some dance and love songs later. Now, knowing how consumers listen to music, a label would usually suggest the big songs or the singles to be put at the beginning of an album to get the listener's attention. 
Janet decided to use the prime slot of the opening tracks as a place for her social issue songs. To promote the album, a 30-minute long-form music video called Rhythm Nation 1814 would incorporate three separate music videos, Miss You Much, The Knowledge, and Rhythm Nation. Now, anyone who views these uh, music videos or even the short form, you see the aesthetic is the same throughout the whole entirety of the storyline. And a side note, this went on to win a Grammy in 1990 for Best Long Form Music Video. Now let's go back to the song itself, Black Cat. Right before the song, there's an interlude in which Janet says, Ain't no acid in this house. The song really deals with a lot of dark subject matter, especially for a pop album. There are lines referencing gang violence. The next line shows how addicts can appear okay, but then will stop everything for their next fix. At first, you can think of this as a fun rock song, but then now hearing this, hearing about addiction and gang violence, take a listen again to these lyrics that Janet, once again, wrote herself. On October 27, 1990, Black Hat would hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. It would stay on the charts for 16 weeks. The song would also earn Janet Jackson a Grammy nomination for Best Female Rock Performance. Now this would cause Janet to be one of the first and right now only artists to have been nominated in five different genres throughout her recording career. Fast forward nine years, June 28th, 1999, Pompano Beach, Florida. It would be opening night for Britney Spears on her debut concert tour, Baby One More Time. And on her set list would be Nasty by Janet Jackson from her album Control and Black Cat from her album, Rhythm Nation, 1814. At this concert, Britney Spears would also do a medley of hits by Madonna. And I feel as though it made sense for them to try to market Britney Spears. I think this was saying, this is the lane that Britney Spears is going to be going down. The lane of these two legendary artists, Madonna and Janet Jackson. Now, many have compared Britney Spears' career to Madonna, and I often think of Britney Spears and her art as a great companion to Janet Jackson and her career and her art. They are two different artists, but their music can be coupled together to make some amazing playlists. 
Now, Janet Jackson and Britney Spears have always received criticism for what many consider lip-syncing or relying heavily on backing tracks during live performances. Janet Jackson and Britney Spears have had countless articles and unflattering photos of their weight fluctuation. Janet and Britney have had people talk about their quote-unquote limited vocal ranges. Janet and Britney are both Grammy winners, an award that is voted on by the recording industry. Janet and Britney are both child stars who took on film roles that many thought had subjects that were too dark. Janet Jackson, with her 1993 film Poetic Justice, and Britney Spears with her 2002 film Crossroads. Both of the artists know how to make music that makes people want to dance. Both are icons in the LGBT community. Both artists have had their father taking a lead role in their career, and both have taken steps to remove their father from overseeing their career. Both have had number one albums and number one songs in the U.S. and in countless countries globally. Both are among the best-selling artists of all time, with units over 100 million. Now, Britney Spears has talked openly about Janet Jackson being one of the major influences in her life. Both women, through personal pain, public family discord, slut-shaming, professional success, these women have maintained their status as icons. They are performance royalty. They are shy women with an unmatched aggressive charisma on stage. Both are at a point in their life where they have a lot to say, but nothing to prove. They are global superstars. They are mothers of young boys. They are artists who have had commercial success. And when they, when these artists took the reins of their career, they gave the world dark, thought-provoking music that influenced popular music for years and years to come. Now, one last thing in regards to Black Cat. What you might not know is Black Cat had several remixes that were released. And the difference between these remixes that I want to point out is that in several of these remixes, what has changed is the guitarist and their guitar solo. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you the album version with the guitar solo at the beginning. Then I'm going to play you the guitar remix. And one last note about the album, Rhythm Nation 1814, is if you wonder where that came from, well, 1814 was the year that the national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, was written. So I'm going to leave you with some music at the end. And don't forget, check us out on social media and at our website, theoriginaldoll.com, and message me on Twitter at James Rodriguez. R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. And here you go. The album version. And here's the guitar mix. 